The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next, Emerson Eckrich helps prevent headache and heartache by asking four questions before you hit send. And we're beginning to give voice to these things, and we're angry, we're hostile, we're not uh, asking ourselves, is that which I'm about to say true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? Is it clear that there's a price you're going to pay because you're going to offend somebody? And we have all of these thousands of testimonies of people across the country who have lost jobs, relationships have been ruptured, there is resentment toward each other. Well, we are just uh, really blessed that we get to spend this time with you. And I want to say to you that, that we recognize there are plenty of things you can watch. And one of the things that I, I really hope you know, if there's any way that we could touch any area of your life with something we share or, or maybe just a prayer that uh, God impresses us to pray or maybe you send in and say, pray for me. If we can in any way bless your life, benefit you in some way, lighten your load, brighten your day. With all our heart, we want to do it. And one of the things that God led Betty and me to do is to try to call people in the family room and help them get to know the Father. And one of the ways you get to know the ultimate Father is by knowing His family, and especially those family members who love the Father and love one another, and you begin to see the Father in them. And we try to bring those guests. I'm holding a book here by, by a writer that's blessed to write. You know, I do believe God's given me somewhat of a, a gift to communicate, okay? Yeah. And God's definitely given you a glow and a smile and is healing to people. And you're just, you're <laughs> such an encourager. Okay, I can communicate, it seems. I don't have the gift to just write. I've written a lot of books, but some people have a gift. And, and uh, Emerson Egridge has, has a gift. And uh, he's written a book here, before you hit send. Wow, send on what? iPhone, iPad, computer, what? Before you do it, what do you do? Well, how about you welcome Emerson to life today and let's see what he has to say. Would you welcome Emerson Edwards? Thank you, sir. All right, Emerson. Yes, sir. Now, I mean, do you like your, your, your uh, smartphone? Do you use, I do. Use, I do. Use Apple or I do. you a Samsung uh, yes. guy? I don't want to promote some <laughs> okay. particular group. But you're yeah. not a Blackberry or something. You, no, you're, no, you're, no, you're I, Apple. So yeah. the young people would, would exactly, okay. exactly. Now, do you think that what you observed happening in this cycle is what inspired you to write this? Something sets you off. To yes, make you yes, do this. yes. Well, I think all of us are aware of the fact that people are hitting send. You know, it's kind of like we all had that moment in an email or anything. Should I? Should I hit send on this? And if we are asking that question, maybe we shouldn't yeah. at that moment in time. But it's a metaphor. Not only is it the digital world, like texting or emails, but it's also face-to-face -face and voice-to-voice. -voice. It's the idea of thinking before you speak. In fact, a woman said, you know that little thing in the back of your brain that tells you not to say something before you say it? Yeah, I, I don't have that little thing. <laughs> I don't have it's that missing, little thing. Exactly. <laughs> and all of us can relate with her. We all 
say things, you know, we regret. And it really raises that question. You know, we all know since we've been four and our parents told us, think before you speak. We all know this, but it's important sometimes to revisit it. You know, Vince Lombardi, the great football coach of the Green Bay Packers, realized. Yes, exactly right. He realized he needed to return every season to the fundamentals. Opening day of football camp, he would begin with the basics. And you know what he did? He would hold up a football and say, gentlemen, this is a football. (laughs) We all know that we ought to think before we speak. It's so basic, we've learned it, but sometimes we need to revisit this. But then we also need to say to ourselves, well, what should I think before I speak? Because a lot of times I do think before I speak and I get even more angry, you know, and I'm more offended and I get worked up. So we've written a book with four little things we need to ask ourselves before we speak. Let me read it, but then you, uh, you, you know, kind of uh, expound on them. Is it true? Is it kind? Well, boy, is it true? It seems obvious that a lot of the news, uh, they never do that. They just lie, uh, distort. Somebody called it fake news. Uh, one of my friends calls it snake news. It's yes. from the yes. serpent, yes. Uh, the father of lies. So, okay, is it true? Media, press, writers, excuse me, New York Times. Is it kind? I don't know if that was kind to the New York Times right there. <laughs> Since I didn't write it, I just spoke. But you know what? I was really thinking about yes, it. Yes. I mean, I want to know, is it true? Yes. So I'm asking a very serious question. Is it kind? Is it necessary? Is it clear? Correct. Okay. Those are the four. Is it true? Is it kind, necessary, and clear? And I learned this back in college, and this really set the stage for me because it was attributed to Socrates, the first three. Is it true, kind, necessary? And the person speaking said, Socrates said that. There's no direct quote from him, but that just resonated within my heart because I wanted to be effective in communication. I didn't want to discredit myself, and I, I wanted to do this right. And I thought, wow, that just stuck with me. Is that which I'm about to communicate, whether it's in writing or interpersonally, is it, is it true? And is this going to come across in a way that sounds and feels kind? Is it going to be loving and respectful to the other person? And do I even need to say it? And over the years, I thought I did those first three, but people were confused. So I've added a fourth, is it clear? Because I had a good heart. I was trying to do what was right, but they were confused. What did, what did you mean by what you just said? And I always worked hard at being clear in what I was trying to communicate. But I say to people, if you just ask these four things, then hit send. Hit send. We're not trying to keep people from speaking. We're trying to ensure that they are really heard. And to your point, even in the political or the newspaper area, a lot of times uh, it's not that what people are saying is a lie. It's just not the whole truth. Our courts say, tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God. I used to think that was redundant. But the point is you can say something that's true, but it's not the whole truth. And when you say something that's true but not the whole truth, it's equal to a lie. And the courts have said don't do that because you mislead people. So the challenge for all of us is do we really want to be reputable, credible people who when we communicate, people are really going to hear us. And we're at a point, I think, in many places where people believe if you tell a lie, if you're unkind and bully people uh, and you're not even clear but you're evasive, that you're going to succeed. And so there is this tipping point in the culture. Many of us are asking, are these principles really worth it? Because you won't get ahead if you, you abide that way. If you tell the truth and not lie, if you are kind, you're, you're not going to be listened to. If you only speak what's necessary or if you're clear, it's not going to lead to credibility. 
And I say on a personal basis, I believe long term, you cannot violate those and, and have a reputation and be viewed as a trustworthy individual. You cannot violate them. Short term, you can get what you want. Long term, you cannot. One of the things I think, Betty and our, our grandparents, and great grandparents. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're great grandparents. You know, I tell people how old I am, and then she says, "Well, you don't have to just in the next sentence and say you're only one month older than me. You don't have to say that." So, okay, but we're, you do we're, anyway. We're, we're, grand, we're, we're grandparents, okay? And as grandparents, I think we find it a little bit. Uh, I don't know what it is to say it raises concern that it's difficult to talk to our grandchildren. They just text. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the phone. if you text, they will get back to you pretty quick. But if you leave a voicemail, it may be a week before yes. you hear yes. from them. Yes. And and I used to tease our kids when we first started the text. And I'm, I mean, I'm old school, okay? Typewriter. They say, what's that now? You know, they don't know what a typewriter <laughs> is. But anyway, I started learning how to text. And my grandchildren, I would text them a little sharp message, you know, and I'd check my spelling to see if everything was right. Everything was longhand, so to speak, yes, you yes. know, no abbreviations. <laughs> and so I'd work so hard of it. And then before I could almost send it, they were answering me back. And it kind of made me nervous. I think, oh, no, it's my turn again, yes, you know. Yes, and yes, here yes, I am, yes, you know. Yes, I'm just yes, yes. And they probably wonder what happened to me, you know. <laughs> but they would, then they start abbreviating things, you know, and I'd have to say, what does this mean? Yes. You know, yes. I didn't know. I yeah. always spelled everything out, so they stayed a little. They stay a little yes. bit ahead of me, yes. you know. But I like to communicate with them in the way that they like to communicate, mm -hmm. just to hear from them, you know. But sometimes it does not take the place of hearing their sweet voices. Exactly. I exactly. still need that one-on-one -on -one communication. Well, and to that point, and this is what we're up against because. There's more to communication than just a word. There is tone, there's facial expression, all these nonverbals that are so fundamental. That's why I say people are now emoticoning themselves through life because they want the person on the receiving end of the text to see the happy face, right? Because they don't have enough confidence that what they said is perhaps gonna be heard in the tone that they intended for that to go. We cannot uh, compromise this, and this is why we're finding a lot of misunderstanding and people are getting things out there. Every grandmother with grandchildren needs to get this because we set forth not only these principles, but the, the temptations that we have, there are about 20 under each of those categories, of why would I not be truthful? Why would I not be kind? Why would I not say what's necessary? Why would I not be clear? And we unpack in this book the underlying reasons that tempt us, mm -hmm. that cause us to go in a direction that ultimately is not wise. And I think many who are aware of the social media today, and I say social media means social, and World Wide Web means worldwide, that nothing really can be deleted, that everything is out there. People are losing jobs, uh, professional athletes are saying things, wives are saying things. This has become a real problem, and that's why HarperCollins asked me to address this because of my interest in communication. So it's a felt need. There are generational differences, but the young people coming up, if I don't talk to you over the fence, I feel like I can say anything I want. I can, I can take up a fence, I can cuss you out, and I'm going to say there is a price to pay when we do that. We lose civility and we lose our reputation, ultimately. But don't you just see an awful lot of that, I mean, just in the, in the press? with newscasts, with all of the, the tweets and the Facebook posting and everything else, there just seems to be a lack of sensitivity, certainly, doubtless, a lack of legitimate love, and there's a, a harshness, but I, I see something else happening with the simplicity of texting. I know it can make something quick where you don't have to get bogged down, 
But I don't think it's positive not to hear the voice and the tone and the expressions to where all of your communication is just strictly by the letter or, you know, in a sentence or two or a brief statement. I, I think we need to hear each other. And I find myself sometimes wanting to say to all the grandkids and our children, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear you say hello. I want to yes. know what's going on. Do you think that we're just going to move more and more away from that, where it's just all this abbreviated, abrupt back and forth and so forth and abbreviations? You know, you look at all the abbreviations there, you almost have a new dictionary yes. to try to yes, get them exactly. all to understand. You exactly. know, BTW. Somebody put that there. What in the world? Oh, by the way, I'm telling by the way, I didn't know we'd get another little chapter here. The point is, how do we keep people understanding the importance of verbal communication? Well, I think the challenge is going to be everybody has to relate in a marriage, and a family. There's going to be these interpersonal face-to-face -face encounters. And these principles are fundamental that the, the book title Before You Hit Sin is a metaphor for all communication, that these have to be applied. And I believe this, if you're not applying it on an interpersonal basis that you just gave voice to, we're probably going to violate those text-to-text -text and even voice-to-voice. -voice. These cannot be compromised. The upside, though, with all the texting, all things going on, I think in some ways people are communicating more. There's instantaneous, and so we're really at a precious moment, too. It's a positive moment where there is a lot of interfacing going on. And if people have a relationship, as I say, relationship determines response kind of thing, so that people will be more forgiving and more accommodating. But once we get beyond those relationships, and now we're into the social settings, whether it's Facebook or wherever, and we're beginning to give voice to these things, and we're angry, we're hostile, we're not uh, asking ourselves, is that which I'm about to say true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? Is it clear that there's a price you're going to pay because you're going to offend somebody? And we have all of these thousands of testimonies of people across the country who have lost jobs. Relationships have been ruptured. There is resentment toward each other. And we don't have to do it that way. In fact, some people think, well, if you do this, if you're nice or you're kind, you're going to undermine your influence. No, truth will carry its own weight. It carries its own weight. And when we deliver it in a respectful, loving way, we speak what's clear, you're just going to be so far ahead. But you've got to go through this checklist. And some people are now saying, you know, dance like no one's watching, but write emails as though you're going to be under a deposition. <laughs> And the challenge for us today is to make sure there's many experts who are saying, ask yourself if, if what I'm about to send, my boss reads it, uh, the attorney general reads it. I mean, we have to be conscious of this because it's a new day. Nothing is deleted. Everything is out there forever. Well, it wouldn't hurt to have a pause button, would it? That's Just, exactly right. And think about what you're going to say and how it's going to come across. Just that 24 hours, exactly. Is it coming exactly. across like you mean it? That's right. You know, or is it going to be misinterpreted? And then we who are Christ followers, Jesus said, every careless word, we have to give an account. And this is very important. The Lord is listening to us. And no matter what generation we're in, we who love Christ have to speak as though we have an audience of one. But in the book, I also talk about the fact that Jesus said the, the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. And at the end of the day, my communication, whether it's interpersonal, whether it's on text, reveals my heart. Yeah. This reveals my heart. This other person isn't causing me to be the way I am. They're revealing the way I am. And we take the position that my response is my responsibility. And you don't cause me to be the way I am. You reveal the way I am. You reveal my heart. And I talk in each of these chapters about the heart of communication because it's basic. Years ago, there was a young African-American being sold on a block of wood in the 1800s. And a slave owner came up to him before the auction and said, if I buy you, will you be honest? And he said, sir, whether you buy me or not, I'll be honest. Wow. Mm. See, that's integrity. Mm. That's heart. Yeah. 
And it has to begin with heart. A person makes a decision, I'm not going to lie because that's not who I am. I'm going to be kind because that's who I am. I'm going to speak what is edifying and necessary at the moment because that's who I am. And I'm going to seek with God's help to be as clear as I can be because that's who I am. I just think that God has given you a wonderful gift uh, to help people stop and think. Uh, you have written on many subjects. Uh, I think you probably are like Betty and me. You're experiencing the phenomenon of something we never thought would happen. <laughs> Whoever thought we could have a phone that's smarter than most people? <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I mean, the, they correct our writing. Tell us how to spell words. Exactly. Siri doesn't understand amazing. Texan very well, but Siri knows how you spell words. Yes. And, yes. and your phone will correct a word. You get it. You get through spelling it, and it's red. Yes. Well, just bump that little dude, and they'll tell yes. you how to spell yes. it. Yes. I mean, it's, yes. This exactly. is a little bitty phone. Well, well, and a point on that, we and Siri's going to make mistakes, and we end up sending text to people that, oh yeah, I didn't. I mean to tell say them Siri's stupid. Yeah, that's right. But I think one of the points I make and I end the book with: What about those moments when we we've said what we shouldn't have said? Sure. The thing that's so powerful about this country is if we're humble and we seek forgiveness, most everyone will forgive us. And the beautiful thing here is if we have blown it, we said, you know, boy, I just made a mess of it. Just go. This is where that personal, mm -hmm. if you can sit down with a person in humility and go to them and say, I was wrong for that. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was having a bad hair day. I was <laughs> angry at my dad. I was, you know, whatever the case may be, try not to make too many excuses. But if we say, I, I was wrong, will you forgive me? I was wrong. Ask the question. Don't make a statement. I'm sorry. I don't care really how you feel, but I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And then just go quiet after you've done wrong. Don't justify it. The beautiful thing is there are very few people in this culture who are unforgiving when they see that. So there's a new day. Yeah, if it's genuine. There's right. a new day. You appreciate what Emerson's sharing and uh, trying to tell us to stop and thank before we... We hit sin. This is not a very uh, complicated read. I think it's an inspirational, instructional read, and you can get it online or in the bookstores. Emerson, our, our viewers, I think they have got to be some of the most amazing people on the planet. Because when they watch Betty and James and our guests, they know James, you know. I'm going to ask these viewers to really be a part of putting the loving arms of God around people who hurt. And, and so many of our guests really minister to the brokenhearted. But what our viewers do, you become the miracle that someone only hoped for and most never even thought possible. Now, I'm not gonna ask you to do something difficult, but I'm gonna ask you to do something miraculous. I'm going to ask you to be the miracle in someone's life. And you can be. Absolutely, you can be. Watch and listen. Okay, so she's going to take us, and we'll get to see with our own eyes the kind of water that is her only choice to give her children. Oh, my gosh. This is what she comes to. I mean, this water is filthy. You know, I noticed the mom, she, she kind of tried to like clear it as if somehow that would get rid of the germs or would get rid of the disease. But I mean, you can see this water is, I mean, it's absolutely filthy. I mean, look at what she's pouring in here. And this is all they have. 
and I asked them, are you, do you drink this? And she said, yeah, we just, we wait till the mud settles and then we drink it. And so that's why so many children in these villages are dying because there's so much disease in this water. And that's why water for life literally means that. When we put up a well in a village, we give life to the whole village for their whole life. And the need is urgent and the need is now. Will you please stand with us? Will you help us to give life to children who otherwise are drinking this and dying? You know, Betty, one of the things that we're going to do with an expression of thanks is we're going to offer you the words of Jesus. And in those words where he talks about love, he says, if you just give a cup of water in my name, you won't lose your reward. And I don't think any of us need to try to guess or suggest to God what that reward or blessing might be. For you and for me in our journey and our discussion, the blessing has been the ability to watch what that gift does. Because clean water to a thirsty heart, like pure clean water to a hurting thirsty heart, I mean, it gives hope. And for these children that Sheila just referenced, in the 400 areas right now that our mission workers have targeted as not only in critical need, but we know the water's accessible where you can't get the drilling rigs in because of the terrain, in answer to prayer, we now have the ability to give a filter system to families where one uh, gift of $100 takes care of three families from now on with their own filter system. But if we can drill a well in these 400 areas they've located, we can. So God has given us an opportunity to be a miracle. And I'm going to ask you to help drill a well. Perhaps you give $100 and take care of three families, or you give $48 toward a $4,800 well, and basically we know uh, that you're going to be giving 10 people water for the rest of their life, $144.30. And Betty, the $1,200 or $2,400 some people give and three people join them or another joins them, well, we've got another well. There's a level at which everybody can help Excellent. really address the need that Sheila Walsh was talking about. Wow. Uh, you know, we will always ask you to help someone in need, and we never apologize for it because we see the needs out there. We present them to you. And I was watching Sheila as she was talking about the need where she was at that time and talking about the, the mother said that she waits till the mud settles in the water. Then they drink it. Well, that doesn't get rid of all the disease. She's just trying to make it a little bit better for her, her children that she loves so much. Have you ever gone to your sink to get turn on the faucet and get a drink of water and say, oh, I better wait till the mud settles? <laughs> no, we don't even think about it. We just drink it and trust that it's good for us. Well, they don't have that choice right now, but we can give them that choice with the water wells and the filters where we can't drill the wells. Please join us. Do this with us. You, you are always such a blessing when you help us reach out to others. Help these mothers be able to give their babies fresh, clean water, safe water. You know, do you realize, Betty, what a miracle it is that somebody is actually still watching? When we're not just 
feeding you spiritually or encouraging you, which we'll always do. Right now, while we're talking to you, there are hundreds of people calling for prayer. And that call is paid for by love from people like you. But you are watching. You've seen a need. Now the question is, will you rise up and give that cup of water? Will you meet that need? I believe you will. If you will help us drill a well, if you can drill a well or part of a well or give TARDIT or give those filter systems, go online right now. Go to Life Today or dial that number. That's a prayer line. But you make it a lifeline and say, I want to be an answer to prayer. Here's my gift. Would you do that right now? We have some gifts we're going to send you to bless you and encourage you. But you are going to be giving some people hope and a miracle of clean water. Thank you so much for doing it. Every day, children living in extreme poverty are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink polluted water filled with deadly disease or perhaps die of thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most proven and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can't end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, you can help drill 400 water wells in remote villages in 15 nations. A gift of $48 will provide disease-free water for 10 people, $72 will provide for 15 people, and $144 will help provide clean water straight from the ground for 30 people. Please also consider an additional gift of $100 to help provide three families with water filtration kits in emergency areas where our drilling rigs are unable to reach. As our thank you, we'll send you the books Words of Jesus and Words of Healing. One contains only the words of Jesus and the other scriptures for healing in your body, mind, and soul. With your $100 gift, you can receive both hardbound and softbound editions of these scripture promise books. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request our beautiful hand-sculpted Determined Eagle Bronze. Please call, write, or make your gift online. You know, Betty and I just say thank you, and I'm so excited to send you the words of Jesus, the words of healing, uh, the determined eagle. If you'd like to have uh, Emerson's book on uh, Before You Hit Send, be happy to send it to you. You give a cup of water, you help us, and we'll be so glad to just send that to you if you ask for it. It is in the bookstores. Tell your friends about it. I also want to remind you that uh, we're coming now the last week of the 30 days of prayer for our president and our leaders. And I want to thank you for that because I'm telling you, we need the miracle of God's wisdom to flow continually into the minds of our leadership. Pray for the healing of our land. Would you join Betty and me in just saying thanks to Emerson again. Emerson, we appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Thank all of you for being here with us. And thank you for watching. And thanks so much for giving a cup of water.
Tomorrow, Crystal Evans Hurst helps us understand the uniqueness of God's plans. So if we don't honor the life that He's given us, who's gonna do us? Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.